Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Podraplegics podcast. As always, I'm Sean Dallasall. Mr. I don't know if you're to my right or my left. Are you to my right? The danger zone? Other way. Mr. Kenny Loggins. Mr. Kenny Loggins has joined us today. Miranda, <laughs> Don, and we have very special guests today. Miss Cam Redlosk and Jason Hazelroth from Chair Devils, which if you're on Instagram and you haven't checked it out yet, it is just Chair Devils, regular Chair Devils, and uh, they do some really super cool artwork, um, all revolving around disabilities, people on chairs, video games, all that kind of stuff. It's really fun, really cool. Um, check it out when you get a chance. Let's get right into it. Cam, Jason, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. Um, so what we like to ask people first is disability-wise, what is your disability and how long have you had your disability? Um, I have GNE myopathy. It's a very rare form of muscular dystrophy. Um, I've had it for about 21 years. And at the time when I was diagnosed, they said about 1,000 people worldwide had it. Um, now it might be maybe up to 3,000 worldwide um, years later, but um, yeah. And so what it does, it, it progressively um, uh, weakens or debilitates all your muscles. Um, for some reason, it's uh, quadriplete, uh, quad, quad sparing until the end, but every other muscle basically um, ends up debilitating until most patients end up uh, complete immobility. So I've been in a wheelchair for about 10 years and I um, now it started with my legs first and now my upper body, my arms, my hands, the shoulders and torso and neck is all starting, starting to get affected. Wow, that's interesting. I've never heard, I've never heard of that before. And obviously it's very rare. Is that something like that you, you discovered later in your uh, life? Yeah, it's genetic. And um, I'm, we're actually both adoptees. Um, so and I had played soccer and played sports for like 13 years into, into high school. And um, it really began in high school, but I didn't start looking into it until the beginning of college years. And um, just suddenly I was starting to trip. I had foot drop and, you know, running was getting harder. And so it took about five different diagnoses to finally uh, figure out what I had um, in a few years. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I started. Was it, was it difficult for you to make that process? I know we talk about this a lot because I think all of us, except for Eric, have had, were able-bodied at one point in our lives and then had become disabled afterwards. Was that a difficult thing for you to wrap your head around mentally? It is. It's definitely a process. Um, like I said, it's been about 21 years and change and, um, you know, with a progressive condition, it's a little bit different than say like an accident where it's just instant and then you have to kind of um, adapt to that new life. With this, it's the constant. You're constantly losing. You're constantly having to adjust to a new level of um, physicality, um, constantly dealing with loss, um, you know, things that you used to do like driving. And I was cooking up until just a few years ago. I was really into cooking and um, now I'm doing, I do art. Um, I, I was an industrial designer. I actually started car design. And, um, and then I became, went into advocacy and I studied, um, became a self-taught illustrator so I could 
uh, visually, you know, do advocacy as well. And um, that's just kind of like started the whole process into our advocacy. Hmm. So when you, um, when you develop, like, as you developed into your disability, did you learn skills to kind of work around what it is you were able to do at the time? And then did you like figure out other things as it's developed on, right? Like to figure out how to use the computers, but I mean, obviously you're very skilled with it, with the computer. So is it, is it something that you've had to continually evolve doing as, as, as you moved on? Yeah. Um, in the first, probably 10, eight to 10 years. Um, I didn't really know anyone disabled. Um, they had told me it was so rare that I would never find another patient like me. I would never see um, research or treatment being developed for my condition and kind of just said, you know, quit college and, you know, don't do much. Um, and I was uh, raised, born or raised, I wasn't born in Michigan. I was raised in Michigan uh, to my adoptive family, Michigan. Do we have Michigan people in the house? That's me, yeah. No, really? Thanks. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we're, we both uh, grew up in Michigan. We came from South Korea and um, separately. And then um, we uh, we actually both met in the same art and design college. And so in the beginning, it is because I didn't know anyone disabled. So you just kind of have to like, you know, go through the stages yourself. I started with a cane and then I started with leg braces. And then, um, you know, it was just kind of a journey. And I moved to California to for work and get out of the cold state um, since I knew my condition was gonna go to complete uh, pretty severe state. I didn't want, didn't want to be in a cold state anymore. And so when I came here um, to look for design jobs, I happened to find a nonprofit that had been um, founded by two patients just like me who were brothers and doctors. So uh, like I said, the, the condition was genetic. And so um, that was really 13 years ago, my first beginning of meeting disabled people. And then pretty much right away, I got into advocacy, um, trying to raise awareness for my rare disease since it was so rare. And then it's kind of evolved into more, in general, disability and using art and writing and um, wheelchair travels to kind of share that um, more of stories of disabled people, as well as there's a lot of things that we can do. And we're not broken just because we're disabled. There's so much we can still do and contribute. And we have, uh, you know, very, powerful and necessary voices. And you know, that's pretty much what we did. So then we started Chair Doubles together a couple years ago. You know, you bring up something that I, I, I keep very close to my heart is uh, creating meaning and purpose in one's life can be so important to stave off uh, mental illness of any sort, you know, anxiety, depression, all that sort of stuff. And to give yourself meaning and purpose, I mean, you're right, you totally have something to offer. You know, and it's amazing how that that perception and that approach can affect other people too you know just living your life has that effect I, I actually had that effect with a gentleman today that I saw so that's completely awesome I love that view yeah that's exactly you know I didn't have any examples uh for about almost 10 years and so when I got into it it was just I knew what it meant to feel lonely and and um, not have uncertainty and not know, you know, how do you adapt to this new life? Um, is your life over type of thing? And so when I met patients and then um, I began my Instagram and start my personal Instagram and started documenting my wheelchair travels, you realize like a lot of people that were disabled or other people who are 
had the same condition as me from across the world, um, I was their first exposure to either someone with their disease or um, someone disabled. And, you know, they watched my videos of me skydiving and, and parasailing and doing all sorts of stuff. And they're like, oh, maybe my life isn't over, over like everyone tells me. Mm -hmm. That's like one of the most important things is, yes, I advocate for my rare disease and treatment development, development but also more the acceptance and mm -hmm. trying to still live your life um, in spite of anything. So, um, yeah, that's something I want to share. You know, that's, uh, you know, it's amazing that once people get a disability, sometimes they actually live the full life that they always wanted to live. You know, they get the freedom to actually do what they've dreamed of doing. Sort of, I've always wanted to parasail. I've always wanted to skydive, you know, and oh, now I got the time to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. I, I always um, uh, equate the life I've lived in the last, you know, 20 years to my disease and my disability, it just makes you realize how li short life is. We always hear that cliche, but when you're given it in form of, okay, you got an ex, you know, I don't want to say expiration, but here's a certain amount of time until you're completely mobile. And right away I was like, okay, I need to like, I want to do everything I ever wanted to do. And I've done things that I never thought I would um, do. I just actually um, launched a road trip essay um, that uh, a travel is at uh, commissioned me to do. And I talked about um, a bike for cam trip we did um, that I had put together a grassroots uh, fundraising group for about five years. My friends went from San Francisco to LA along the Pacific Coast Highway. And in the last year of running the project, um, we built a rig and they brought me along with it. So I actually just launched an essay sharing about that trip from a few years ago. So yeah, it's, I've got Super to do cool. cool things. Rhonda, Don. Cam goes out of her way to uh, live her life. She's always dragging me along on <laughs> things I never would have done. It's like I've done Ramona as a camp. It's encouraging. It's really, it's it's really encouraging for me, um, because I, like I said, I, I I didn't know anything about adaptive anything. Um, um, just been since I've been in Arizona for basically I think the past like three years. So. Um, just seeing, hearing some of the things that you do, you're a little more braver than I am, I would say, but it's very, it's encouraging to me every time I see someone with some form of disability, regardless of what it is doing and living and really, really living life. Um, because I think of people, I think a lot of people don't understand that we actually live life. So I'm gonna have to make sure I, I follow you. So, Loranda, does that mean you're gonna be jumping out of a plane sometime soon or? Mm -mm, no, I watch. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a good cheerleader. If you ever need someone to cheer you on in a, on, on the sideline, I'm your girl. Come on, Loranda. Come I'm on. just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like I said, if you ever need a cheerleader, someone to give you that moral support, call me. I'm your girl. <laughs> no, no. No, no. So you keep doing good, good, good working plan. I know that's what my dad said too. It's a perfectly right. good plan. <laughs> right i encourage you I, I mean hey i will encourage it i like i said i'll cheer you on i'll be right by your side you can do it just ain't for me <laughs> so so the paraglider that's the one with the motor on the back right it oh, has that's oh, parasailing okay 
Yeah. Are you thinking that too then, Loranda? Oh. You, Loranda. No. <laughs> yeah, I think you should try that, Loranda. You can do it. There's you know what? No, I can't. <laughs> You put a life preserver on, and then you'll just land in the water after you're all done. Sam, do you see what I have to deal with? I have, you know, I have, I work at Ability 360. It's a sports fitness center. I get this all the time. They try to get me to do everything. I'm not interested. You should. I don't want to play basketball. I, want to play basketball. I do. Only thing I do is tennis and softball. I'm, those two, that's it. So, <laughs> but I, I love it. I love, I got all my friends. Um, they're very active. I mean, skiing. No, I'm sitting. I'm looking on the sideline. So keep it up. Yeah. Keep encouraging us. <laughs> so when you talk about uh, where can we see some of like the stuff of you going on these trips and camping? Is this, is this TikTok or do you oh, guys do it? Instagram? Um, if you're on Chair Doubles, our both of our handles are in the bio um, or my name. Just look up my name. Um, yeah make sure to send me those links okay all, right. all your links because right. I'll, I'll put it in the i'll put it after we're done and i love to watch i like literally i love to watch and i comment the whole nine yards if i can i love it so make sure you put it in there so i can follow you you're <laughs> a watcher so uh, yes i am i, I would do that <laughs> but uh logistical question here cam where in california are you located and where or los angeles los angeles okay and are the two of you sitting next to each other or are there two cameras because i can't make it out here it almost looks like we're sitting next to each other are you okay it looks like yeah it almost looks like two rooms it does <laughs> all right yeah I, oh, okay. it's, like a, a it's a black yeah it's a curtain it's in the back. Of a camera but it does look like there's two rooms yeah there we go yeah. all right <laughs> I had me confused. I'm sorry, but yeah, good. Okay, thanks for. Don, Don can't see very well. Yeah, no, I have these uh, Coke bottle glasses here, but okay, uh, good. Thanks for joining us. And that, uh, the artwork behind you—is that yours? Uh, no, I don't hang out my art in my place. It's other people, <laughs> other illustrators in the community. Oh, okay. I was going to compliment you, but that's yeah. cool. So is this somewhere we can come and see? Like if we come to Los Angeles and we want to come and see your artwork, I mean, is that is that possible? Um, my art is on my website, um, which is also just my name, first and last, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I do the art shows, but um, mm -hmm. I haven't done one uh, since COVID started. So um, me and makes sense. After yeah. So Jason, I got a qu couple questions for you. Do you? Do you help with any caregiving essential type of living situation that, that comes up in her life and your lives together? Uh, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I've been there for, we've been married for about 11 years. We've been together for about 13, something like that. So I've seen about the gamut. Uh, when we first met, uh, she was walking and had relatively good mobility. And obviously I've seen the progression of it too. So uh, I've learned to caretake best that I can um, over the years and just gradually things become a little bit more difficult so I have to help a little bit more and more and you know to this point you know I do quite a bit more caretaking now uh, especially now that I'm working from home and uh, we can be together a lot more that's kind of the advantage of being home all the time 
but uh, yes, I definitely strive to be as good of a caretaker as I can. Has that has that been like? I wonder what that evolution for you has been too. You know, we talk about this a lot when you have caregivers and stuff, but we a lot of us haven't had it like like you said, we had an accident, right? So like caregivers then you have right from then on and you know you, you kind of go through but for you I'm, I'm assuming it has been more of a gradual type of situation for you right yeah exactly and uh i suppose in some ways that makes it maybe a little bit easier on me because i get to introduce an idea and then i can slowly introduce it more into our process but um you know i mean it's it's difficult from the standpoint of nothing ever stays the same and uh you know that's true yeah one day one thing that was perfectly fine is now we have to adjust so you know that's just part of that process but um uh you know like i said um I just try to keep up the best i can and uh Pam tries to help me as much as she can letting me know what she needs so it's a working process but i think it works it seems like it i mean you know it it's 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 nice to have somebody who is with you and is and will support you and be part of your life in any facet, let alone somebody who is willing to help you through all of these different journeys that your life for disability will take you. So cheers on you for that. You know what I say? It goes both ways. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's a She's got to put up with you too. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you two have any advice? Um, so, you know, um, living with a disability, caretaking for each other, being married. I mean, there's some boundary stuff going on too, you know, where, you know, maybe, you know, what if you get in an argument, but then you still have to do some caregiving, stuff like that. What, do you have any, do you have any philosophies that you live by to help you kind of navigate that whole relationship um, being married and caregiver boundary relationship. What do you guys, what do you guys do? Um, so communication is number one and I'm really, I've always been into communication and, um, I write and speak until, um, Jason is it's, it's something that is not natural. communication. And so we've learned to develop that together in terms of you really do have to talk about everything. Um, and we're connected in every way throughout the day in terms of like, I'm usually doing everything that doesn't require any physical lifting. Everything that's physical, Jason does. And then I try to do every, basically he, he always says it is, I do everything that requires a brain. So I do everything else required to run a house, um, you know, all our finances and bills and any scheduling. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, I used to be an avid cook and it's not so much anymore. My hands don't really work that well anymore. So. Now I'm teaching Jason, but I, you know, I'm not physically cooking, but I'm still using my skills um, to create grocery lists and, and then, okay, this is what we're gonna do this week. And he just kind of just says, yep, okay. And just goes along with, you know, so it, it really works well. Like we have a lot of similarities um, in that we have our art interests and things like that to connect us. But then a lot of um, um, in ways we're not similar where I'm more outgoing and, and usually if you're talking to us, it's usually me doing the talk. Even when we're home alone, it's usually me doing the talking. Jason doesn't, isn't, isn't as big of a talker, but um, yeah, we just seem to balance each other out really well. Like he's very even person and I'm more of the really passionate person that's like coming up with stuff. Let's go do this, you know, crazy thing. And he just 
it's great because he just always like goes along with whatever I say and he allows me to live my life and ideas that I have and he's been really supportive about that like just along anything that I come up with oh I want to go travel here I want to go do this he's always supporting me and that's awesome yeah I think we uh, fill in each other's gaps um so that works out well for us like I said she does a lot of the planning and organizing and that's never been my skill um so it, it kind of works out well because she comes up with plans I enact it um and we just kind of know our roles with each other you know even like I think you're kind of talking about like when you have disagreements, it's like even when you have a disagreement, I think you still try to recognize that, oh, you still need to caretake. And, you know, that's sort of uh, trying not to let like the personal. Uh, yeah. So that is actually something I've talked about before the frustration of usually when you're going to fight with someone or your partner, you can just leave. Yeah, I'm going to my car. See you later. And I'm just like, I just get like a little irritated. I'm like, okay, I'm mad at you, but I got to sit here now and ask to help you. It's funny, before I was disabled, I was more, I was the one in the relationship that was difficult to get to come around. It would take a little while. But I've noticed since I've become disabled or I progress, I don't know, maybe it's just a subconscious thing, but I get over things really quickly. I don't want to dwell on an argument. If I get mad at Jason for something, it's only about that thing, and it's like I don't want it to last a minute. Like I, I'm not into. Or he'll be a little bit more. He's more of the closed off person, and we'll go kind of like be quiet and sulk. And I have to like every time I have to fire him out. Be like, "This may be okay. Let's not fight. We're not fighting anymore." So, that's a, that's because you're a woman. That's a, that's a gift. That. <laughs> That's that's a gift. I'm just gonna say it. Cam. That's a gift. It's because we master that after a while. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I I don't see you mastering that skill, around. <laughs> I uh, I have the uh, similar situation, except mine is reversed. So I uh, tend to be my girlfriend tends to be the more vocal person, and I'm the more uh, reserved, but also hold on to it longer. So, but I need her help for my care. I'm quadriplegic. So I have the, the same thing with you, Cam, but just the opposite, yeah. I know, so, and it's frustrating, right? Cause you just want to like run away sometimes. You're yeah, like, you okay. want to slam the door and say, you know, see, yeah. you, see you next week or whatever. Yeah, let me cool down. I'm gonna go take a drive, but you know, yeah. can you open the door for me, please? <laughs> it gets kind of hard, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel your pain. Both of you. Yeah. I'm not to you unless I need something from you, okay? <laughs> so tell me to lie down on the ground and that's a roll over my foot. <laughs> I was just going to say, I guess I haven't got, yeah. You're right, Sean. No, I, you you know, I, <laughs> I be mad. No way. You catch me, I wasn't going to let you try to act like I refuse. No, help me. Stay away. Damn right, I'm that person. <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I take that back. You're right, Sean. You should be right. <laughs> That's really cool, though. You know, I think that mm -hmm. it's a it's a major part of a lot of our lives, right? I mean, mm -hmm. having to be reliant on somebody to help us do certain things, you know, and every day, right and then to have to navigate it as far as the relationship goes, or then also if you have caregivers, right, then you also have to navigate a caregiver whose relationship is with your loved one, right? This is like, it becomes 
a triangle to six to seven to eight different points, right? And you have to navigate all of it. Um, and I'm glad that you guys have found a peaceful yin, yin and yang harmony for that. It's not, it's not the easiest thing for us to do. <laughs> Thankfully, Jason is, uh, when we first started dating, we actually met in college in um, Detroit when we went to the same design school. And uh, we started out as friends. He liked me and I wasn't interested. And we didn't actually start dating until we, I came out to California independent from Jason. And Jason was already out here. And um, Wow. Yeah. So Jason, since, since she didn't like you at the time, what did you do to change her mind? <laughs> I'm not sure. She put me uh, in the friend zone for a long time. Oh, brutal, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, when, she, when she told me she was coming out, I was like, oh, if you need a place to stay, that's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was a test. You passed it. Yeah, I guess you did. Different character. Yeah. So who, who came up uh, like for, the, for, the, for drawing and doing art? So you two both went to art school. Did you have similar interests in like your designs and... And how, and how you guys chose to, you know, draw or what or are you two completely different in your design methods? Um, I would say we're very, we're completely opposites in design style. Um, I did industrial design, uh, car and product design, and he did um, concept illustration, or he does concept illustration for video games. And um, so design is less, it, it's, it's art, but you're designing, you're drawing out you know, products of what they would look like, like a desktop computer or a car or shoes or toys. Um, and then I got into illustration um, just as a means because I had started blogging and I was the first blog um, of someone with my condition. And um, then I thought maybe if I started doing drawings with it, sometimes people respond differently visually than writing or not everybody likes to read. So I started drawing as well. And so I'll, most all my art, uh, personal illustrations are more of a surreal feel, um, graphic, and um, they all have something to do with um, my moment or experience of, of this progression of this disease or disability, as well as a little bit about being a Korean ad adoptee. And then, um, and then we kind of got off into, I think Jason had did a little sketch about for charity devils, and we were talking about it, you know, sketching in bed or something. And we had started making characters for about a year. We didn't share them because we thought, oh, you know, these are cute. You never see anything um, in media or pop culture much at all with disability. So um, it's kind of the last few years. Um, I'm also working on a children's book that's inspired by my rare disease. Um, nice. So the last couple of years, I've really been like, okay, I want to use my advocacy for creating more visibility. And that's how we started um, Chair Devils. Um, and then prior, I had started my children's book as well, just because, you know, what we see feeds our prejudices and biases, including what we don't see. And a lot of people, I don't think all ignorance is malice. Some of it is also just lack of exposure. When before I became disabled, I, you know, you found me ignorant about disability. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and, and had a lot of the same type of stigmas, you know, when I was like 18 or young, and you would see someone disabled, but it was very rare you would ever see someone. And um, it's always interesting. People just think, I think a lot of people think that disabled people just suddenly fell out of the sky. 
I was like, no, it's just we didn't have any access. So you have to stay inside mm -hmm. because you can't go out or society. But, but you fall. did fall out of the sky. Uh. Yeah, I did. You're right. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think that I think you are dead on when you, mm -hmm. when you look at your analysis of that because, um, mm -hmm. you know, you start to see like the longer you're in, in a chair or disabled, right? And the more people that you have in your life, right? then you start to see the tree start going out further and further of people who pay attention to disabilities, people who are more aware of what access is and all these different issues that we deal with um, and, and are more, you know, open to being advocates for it in a, in a, in a way. Right. And, uh, and I can't remember how I saw your stuff on Instagram in the first place, but I believe it was somebody who posted it and that was not disabled so you know i mean it's just like you're touching all these different people and and i love it and that's part of the reason why i wanted to have you on here so bad is because like i feel like your art is going to see like mainstream very quickly and it's going to be all over the place and people are going to start paying more attention to it you know the, what this I, uh, can i just uh, interject here real quick yeah for sure so cam uh for those that aren't familiar with it uh, what exactly is chair doubles? I mean, um, people might not know what that is. Uh, yeah, so chair doubles is basically cute chibi style characters. I don't know if you guys know what anime is, but kind of a subset of anime is like the chibi character is super deformed. And so we wanted to do kind of like this really cute style uh, that made kind of disability accessible. So it was like anyone could see it and be like, oh, that's super cute and want to know more about it. Kind of like what Cam was saying is uh, exposure is king. That's what really transforms people. And so we're just like, hey, if we do a bunch of these for every type of disability, I mean, mainly chairs, but uh, if we do it for every type of disability that's in a chair, then you know people will get exposed to it and they might want to share it and know more about it. So it's really just kind of a subset of like all disabilities, I mean, chairs, but uh, just so we can kind of talk about all the different kinds of uh, people, dis uh, disabilities, like sports, activities that they do. Uh, one of the reasons we called it chair doubles originally was because uh, it was kind of a playoff of daredevils. It's a pun. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, yeah, like all the extreme sports that uh, wheelchair sports that there are. And then they just kind of became everything about disability. But uh, yeah, just just kind of uh, encompasses all disabilities. So you can kind of give exposure and light to uh, you know all these different groups. Yeah, and that's um, not even just for disabled, for able-bodied too, but also disabled because uh, even disabled people, a lot of us don't even know another disabled person. So to right. see that, it's like when I had um, disabled person reach out to me and say, I saw your skydiving video and I, I had recently become disabled, I never thought any of that would ever be possible. And so that's another reason why to share is to show that um, oftentimes disabled is always viewed as sad and broken and um mm -hmm. pitying. and so the chair doubles a lot of my personal illustration on my personal instagram is is a little bit more sentimental and we'll, and we'll talk more of the emotional aspects of, of what it's like dealing with a progressive condition but with chair doubles we wanted to be more fun and representative of all the different type, all the people we know in the community who are doing big things who do sports who do you know art who are doctors who are you know, teachers, and you know, when you see that, people are like, "Oh, I never really thought a disabled person could be a teacher." It's like, 
yeah, we have brains, we can do all that. We just need a little bit of help, maybe like, you know, I got like 12 flights of stairs and we need an elevator, but other than that, you know. I had no idea there were so many uh, disabled sports. <laughs> That's one thing. All right. You know, I was just exposed to bobsledding and there's this guy who's a full uh, double amputee who's a bobsledder, Dave Nichols. Oh, I want to do that so badly. Luge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, probably not luge. No. <laughs> no. I don't want to do that. I want to have something surrounding my body when I go down this death slide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely cool. Instagram.com forward slash chair devils, by the way. Yep. And then uh, Instagram.com forward slash cam. It's K A M red R E D law L A W S K. So Cam, uh, have you been approached by anyone to do maybe like a, developing a, a TV show or? Any kind of a online cartoon or something like that. Or your your art is amazing. So thank you. Um, yes, we definitely. Well, I'm trying to finish my um, children's book, which is called Monster in Me, and it's inspired by um, my rare disease. Particularly years ago, when I was still using a cane, I had tripped and fell over like eighth of an inch, you know, floor molding rise. And I was just laying there waiting for Jason to come home from work to help help me up. And I just imagine like, you know, what tripped me and I imagine this monster had tripped me and until um, a lot of friends had told me I should make that into a children's book and I, I just finally started to do it. And the idea is, um, uh, it personifies the disease as this forlorn kind of um, compassionate monster who is constantly following this little girl around who's me. And um, she just kind of understanding why, why is he always with me? and and so it's kind of a journey of acceptance and not just for disability, but anything that is our own little struggles that we're dealing with, whether it's addiction and things like that. And um, not so much looking at our disease or disability or whatever it is as an enemy, but um, as a relationship. And mm -hmm. um, a couple of years ago, I had this follower of mine reach out to me and said, you know, I have... Um, I'm bipolar, uh, I've never told me one because I'm so ashamed of it, I'm suicidal. I won't even tell church members because I feel like they'll judge me. And she's like, and, but I'm looking at your monster and I was like, I never really thought of it to look at it like a relationship and having some compassion and empathy for your disease or disability is having it for yourself in which I think builds a bridge to um, acceptance and seeing things a little differently. It doesn't mean that it's not still difficult or it's not difficult days, but um, when you can really like absorb what is, hap what is happening or what is, what is your life and this thing that keeps following you around that you just don't like all the time, um, you just view it more as a part of yourself and you grow to like love it, love this cute monster that is yourself. Okay. So I have a couple things that popped through my head that I would like to share with you. Uh, first of all, um, have you guys ever hooked into Critical Role? Um, they are a Dungeons and Dragons. I know this is a nerd alert, but oh. they are Dungeons and Dragons. We very, can't get through very one episode without you talking about Dungeons and Dragons, dude. <laughs> it's a very popular 
uh, very popular show, but the community of artists that that freely display their art get um, get shown on the show. So as art is submitted, they get shown on the show. And one of the things that they've recently done is highlighted um, D&D characters with disabilities. So, you know, choosing to be in a wheelchair as a Dungeons and Dragons character of some sort, like an elf or, a, or whatever. And, and so that there's some popularity in that arena and, and they are a force of community of a community. If uh, you guys ever decide to submit your drawings to that, you might get, you know, you might get a very good response because I mean, you have some really cool stuff going on. I did see those recently and I like how far they've gone with them. They like have, they put a bunch of weapons on the chairs and. Uh, yeah. I mean, so it's, you know, it, that's, you know, that's something. Also, the other thing I noticed is I hear, so do you practice mindfulness or meditation or any of that sort of stuff? Because some of the stuff, the, the way you talk sounds very mindful to me or a very present moment. And, and like you have a very detailed way that you approach your stuff, you know, when you're using stuff like acceptance and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm just curious because, um, you know, some people benefit from that and, and utilize it. And some people, it's just their natural way. So I'm just curious. Um, I think it's a great thing to utilize for sure. I don't, but I, you know, I, I wish I was better at trying to like make time for things like meditation. And um, I did adaptive yoga for like um, a few months back when I lived somewhere else where there's a place next to me that um, is actually awesome. They adapt up, adapted their yoga for me. Um, but no, I think it's just, um, just time, time. And, and, you know, and they always say when you lose one thing, the other aspects of yourself heighten. So if you're deaf, you know, you're able to like, um, or if you're if you're blind, your 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 hearing is like that much more um, significant and things like that. So I think as I progressed, I mean, you become more of a cerebral existence. I think in general, um, and that's something that I know that is my future, where um, as my mobility is more and more taken from me. So. I think I just think a lot and I'm just kind of contemplative. I guess I've always been that type of way. In a lot of ways. <laughs> the, the reason why I ask is because I've met some, I mean, on this show, I've met some pretty extraordinary individuals. I mean, mm -hmm. okay, we'll include Sean too. He's extraordinary as well. Um, but, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying is I've also met some people that are really jaded and, and they, they, they've just, They've turned themselves off in so many ways of I can't this and I can't that and I'm not this and I'm not that. And, you know, they refuse to come to grips with their situation. And it's just, you know, it, it's this whole thing. And so, uh, um, you know, when I say mindfulness, I don't necessarily mean meditation either. I mean, your speak, the way you speak, says that, you know, that you've come to an acceptance with where you've been, that you are allowing and accepting the change that is happening, even though it's not as you would wish, um, ideally. You know, I mean, that's not something everyone does. And I, I just gotta, I just gotta really congratulate you on that because that is, that is, that is quite the feat. Yeah, I, I had one person, I, I remember someone told me once before, like what you were before you were disabled um, people always think that disabled people are, are naturally going to be these like 
great people who just yeah, you know no, this... look at you like like no we can be jerks too people it's okay uh, <laughs> yeah um well they always say what you were before most likely you'll be heightened afterwards uh, <laughs> i agree well, you know, during the younger years, I mean, I, I can definitely tell you I, I, I wasn't as nice as I am today. So, I think we um, all it, have those times, right? I mean, yeah, and I, I think it's really important to be really honest about um, I'm not like accept, at acceptance 100. You know, um, that's the other thing with my display advocacy is I obviously share the optimism. I share that shame mm -hmm. of yourself and all that. However, I think a lot of what's going on with advocacy now, they see a lot of disabled advocates who are, it's great to be empowered, we all should, but it's kind of mm -hmm. that 24-7, like, here's empowerment, and mm -hmm. I have no problem being disabled, and the only problem is society, it's nothing. And I get that, society is a huge um, barrier for us. On the other mm -hmm. end, there are people that are, just new to becoming disabled or have been disabled for a while and still struggling with it. And that's okay because mm -hmm. I, I still do too as well. So right. I'm about talking about how um, it's a process. It's a journey dealing uh, acceptance and, and integrating this into your life um, specifically because it's progressive for me. But, um, you know, I never want to pose myself as this, like, I don't like that when advocates pose themselves as just, I'm only always fierce and, um, you know, disabled disability pride twenty four seven, and I think of myself as in a positive light all the time. Well, that's just not true because I know if I'm struggling, then I know everyone else has a bad day here and there, and they're disabled. Like, it's not it's not easy. Like sometimes, you know, it's, we especially if we've had um, you know previous life where we had our abilities, and so it's very natural to want to like mourn mourn that loss every once in a while. And you know, just in general, I just don't. To let it take over my entire life because it's really important for me to live and so um i've done a lot of things that i'm really scared of but i think the drive to want to live so much is much greater than this progressive disease and so mm -hmm. um, i think all the things i've done in the past few years has greatly helped me with my attitude in a lot of ways because yes just being disabled is is not all you know, apple pie all the time, but um, I've done so many great things. And I think that decision to do those things really compensates for when I do have difficulty because I'm like, well, I'm just gonna keep, keep living my life. You know? I'm not gonna let it stop me. I, I just had the same situation with an individual that basically I really liked what they said. It's like, you know, some are stronger than others and, and it's okay, <laughs> you know? It's it's okay, and I I do under I do um, admire you with saying that you know your advocacy says like you know every day's not going to be perfect. Every day we all have struggles. Um, some days I hate being in a, being disabled, and it's but it's okay, <laughs> you know it's okay. So that's the because I do I hate when advocacy people they always like they try to make it seem like you're gonna have a great day every day. Like this is like but you know we're human. You know we're human. And I can imagine you, you know, with your disability being progressive versus ours is like, this is what it is, you know, um, and you're having to deal with all the different changes that comes with um, the type of disability you have. You have to have some that type of man, mindset. I think a lot of that too, folks, 
um, I don't want to call it full positivity because I'm not saying they're not positive. Like mm-hmm. I, a lot of my Instagram posts are positive and I talk mm-hmm. about it. I also mm-hmm. talk about the bittersweetness of it. Right. I think some of the conversations with people is, um, I get it. Society looks at us, mm-hmm. they pity us and they're sad and there's just nothing more that I hate than pity because it's such an unproductive emotion. Like that's mm-hmm. great that you pity me, but like, where is that going to take you? Nowhere. You didn't learn anything. You just pitied me. The idea is that you learn something to provoke action and change, you know, an attitude, whether it's you and telling your friends around you, you know, changing that attitude. Um, but I think a lot of disabled advocates do that to compensate because they don't want to be perceived that it's difficult by able-bodied world. So thus they always make it seem like it's always great. And it's not, it's okay to share with the world too that it is difficult, even outside of the fact that society doesn't include us or have access to us, even outside of that, just the, you know, when we're alone and the emotional repercussions of like, this is a hard day and I just don't mm-hmm. have to work anymore. And I, mm-hmm. I wish I wasn't disabled. I think that's natural to say that. That doesn't, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, I'm not proud of who I am or I'm ashamed of being disabled. Right. It's just natural. Right, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Every, every day doesn't have to be an inspirational story. <laughs> that gets a little old after a while, doesn't it? <laughs> it also makes everybody else feel bad who is having a hard time. You know, exactly. you know like you said, uh, there's a lot of disabled people, you know, whether they're weaker or they're, or they're having a hard time. You know, we all have different levels. So you can't, mm-hmm. I know this disabled person and she's always positive. What's your problem? You know, I never want to be used as an example like that either. Exactly. And that does keep us human too. You know, I mean, that keeps us, mm-hmm. that keeps us human and relatable to other people too. So, which is really nice because that allows, that allows, uh, that allows us to affect a greater capacity of people from being normal, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Some days I'm a zombie though. Uh-huh. Say, say it again? <laughs> You said it keeps us human. I said, some days I'm a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And fatigue, you know, just disability fatigue is a real thing for sure. It's oh, my a real God. Thing. It's a real <laughs> thing. People don't want to believe it, but it is, especially with this heat coming on. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Why don't we just call it life anxiety? <laughs> You know, just getting tired of life. You know, it's like mm-hmm. everybody has their regrets. It doesn't matter if you have a disability or not. I mean, mm-hmm. we look back and we regret certain decisions we made in our lives, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, the path we've taken or whatever. That's just part of being human. So you know, I, I know I do regret the decision that Loranda has made never to jump out of a plane. I regret that uh, immensely. Uh, that's one of those things that you can just keep on yeah, right. <laughs> Keep it up. Guess, guess what? He's going to regret a whole lot of things messing with me. <laughs> uh, well, look, I know we've we've kept you pretty close to an hour now, and we really, we really, really appreciate the time. Right? Yes, it's, it's been great. I'm going to give everybody a chance to to say something at the very end here. Um, I just want to make sure everybody checks out instagram.com forward slash chair devils instagram.com cam red law sk, sk um, and cam red law sk.com and uh, you can check out all the art there um, 
And do we have yours on? Did you send me your? Do you have your own personal one? Huh? Yeah, uh, you. Uh, it's uh, Instagram.com, Jason Hazelrod. There you go. Make sure you check all those out. Jason Hazelrod, right? Yes. Instagram. And it's spelled H A Z E L Roth, R O T H. Yes. Hazelrod. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And again, like I said, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for what you do. Uh, I love your stuff. Um, I'm a, I'm a follower. I know you know that I've been following. So, um, you know, I appreciate everything you do. Uh, anybody else want to say or ask anything before we let them go? No, yeah. I appreciate you coming. Yeah. Yeah. I, I too, I appreciate your honesty and your forthcomingness, but, um, I just real quick bouncing back to question. Do we, uh, any chance we're going to see like a cartoon on TV from oh. you? Oh, yeah, really? I didn't say that. Oh, yeah. Maybe okay. you can't comment. I don't know. Development. As soon as I'm done with my children's book um, and get it published, uh, we want to work on shared albums and hone it more. And right now, we just do a character here and there, or a feature here and there. But we want to figure out how to brand it and pitch it. And yes, we would like to pitch it. Um, I think it's a great time for disability. Netflix just committed, I think, a hundred million to. Um, developing and increasing inclusion, including disability and things like that. So it seems like it's a really good time for disability. I think more and more people mm -hmm. want to hear our stories, they're aware of it, and they're kind of being forced into it now because we're in, in this, you know, inclusion area where people right. have to include us. <laughs> well, go for it, because I think it'll be amazing. And uh, man, Door of the Explorer just was horrible. You got, <laughs> we need something more enlightening than Dora the Explorer. Yes, we definitely want to, we want to develop and pitch it. And <clears throat> we're kind of in the animation world and stuff. So we're hoping, you know, develop something and uh, pitch back it and see what we can do with it. Because yes, we, we need more visibility of people like us. I got some awesome TV mature rated stories that you can animate and smack <laughs> them all watch. Stay away from his ideas. <laughs> Uh, again like i said thank you so much um and check them out and we will post this we'll put all your links underneath of the youtube and uh spotify and all the different stuff that eric does i don't really know what that stuff is so yeah thank you so much for having us yeah, yeah thank you thank you and again check them out everybody we'll see you in next week or on a q a or the week after podplegics Chair devils. <laughs>